Welcome back to another episode of Homebrew Portal. I'm Big J. And I'm Byte. And today we're continuing our series talking about the differences between Pathfinder 1st Edition and 2nd Edition. Today we're talking about magic and casters. Hey, you, you know what? I don't need those stupid games. Tell me how to have fun. I'll do it all on my own. If you think poop dragon's hard, you should never play diarrhea. Before we get started, we have a couple announcements today. Uh, we're still doing the um, stream on Twitch and uploading to YouTube. However, due to a uh, technical issue that was 150% my own fault, uh, the recording for the last stream has been lost. So if you missed it, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get a chance to watch it. However, uh, again, this upcoming Friday and every Friday at 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, we will be live. Uh, it's usually around hour and a half, two hours. Um, and then with by the next Tuesday, it will be uploaded to YouTube. Um, I'm going to leave a link for both our Twitch stream and our YouTube channel in the description for this episode of the podcast. Hope to see you there. Now, um, before we get started talking about the actual casters, we have to talk about how magic has changed in first from first edition Pathfinder to second edition Pathfinder. So we're going to do the same thing we did last time. Um, I'm going to talk about what first edition Pathfinder was like, and then Byte is going to take it over and talk about what's changed to second edition. So first, magic in general. So in first edition, magic was a fairly simple thing. Um, basically... All spells, with a very, very few exceptions, fall fell onto two lists. Divine and Arcane. Uh, divine was for classes like Clerical, Oracle, or Cleric, Oracle, uh, etc. And uh, Arcane was for Sorcerer, Wizard, etc. Um, some classes got modified smaller versions of the spell list. For example, if you're playing like... Um, uh, a, a different, like a paladin, you might get some of the spells from the divine list, but not all. So essentially, you either got the whole list or you got a shorter, modified version of that list. And that was about it. There wasn't really a whole lot else. Uh, the spells are organized by level, which they always have been and always will be, as far as I know. And that's it. A very, very simple arrangement. And yes, I know that psionics and um, occult technically have their own lists. But we're not talking about those two expansions for the time being. Yeah, and I would like to jump in here. And I I disagree with the fact that Pathfinder 1E was simple in the spell system. And I think that Paizo would agree with me. And that's why it has changed in 2E to what it is. In 1E, you didn't have arcane and divine laid out as arcane and divine 
they were just kind of like, this is the sorcerer wizard spell list, which is most of the, what is now known as arcane classes drew from, but they had their own list. Like Magus had its own Magus list. Right, right. But the Magus list was just a slightly shorter modified version of the list that sorcerer and wizard drew from. It's just a shorter version of the same list. It's right. just a little bit more limited. So it's it's still, my point is, it's there's the arcane list and then the divine list. And then classes, some classes, in order to have extra martial abilities, would trade uh, some of their spell list away. So like the mages, yes, technically the list is different. But if you really analyze it, it's just a shorter version of the arcane list. Uh, just like the paladin drew from a shorter version of the divine list. So... I, I get what you're saying, but uh, just it's just a shorter version of the same list. It's really everyone was arcane or divine, and they just got a shorter version of the full list, which the arcane list was known as the sorcerer wizard spell list, and the divine one was known as the oracle clerical list, or just the cleric list, I don't remember. Um, and then if you were a, a class that was less magic-oriented to a degree, you would get a shorter version of that same list right and the the system in 1e while on the surface level seeming simple explained in this way was very convoluted with each class having its own shortened list in 2e they've done away with it there's four spell lists primal occult arcane and divine all primal casters get to choose from all the primal sp spells all arcane casters get to choose from all the arcane spells, etc. And there are two classes, namely Witch and Sorcerer, which don't have any specific spell list. They can kind of choose which spell list they draw from, but they always draw from one spell list that they choose a level one. Um, there's also uh, different types of spells which wasn't really in 2e, which wasn't really a thing in 1e. Right. There was... Cantrips are now their own spells, which still fit under the occult, divine, arcane, primal spell list, but their own type of spell now that scales with level. And there's also a new kind of spell called focus spells with their, their own focus cantrips, which uses a completely different pool called focus pool instead of spell slots which they're generally focus spells are designed with a sp specific archetype in mind. For example, if you take the flames Oracle, there's specific focus spells designed for that specific sub. And, and we'll talk mind. more about how focus spells actually work as we get into the nitty gritty of each class. Yes. Um, all right, unless uh, I can't think, I think we've covered most of the main differences between 1E and 2E magic, uh, right? I believe so. Okay, so let's get to our first class, and that is Sorcerer. Now, in 1E, uh, I would argue Sorcerer was one of the simplest uh, of Elf the 1E casters to build because basically uh, you chose a bloodline. Uh, there was a ton of options, and basically all that did is every, um, I'm checking now, odd level and at 20th level, 
you would get an ab ability from your bloodline that was usually like a spell-like ability. So it would just be the same as casting a spell. And um, some on some of those levels, you would also get a special spell associated with that bloodline. However, those bloodline spells weren't from a special list. Those bloodline spells were actually available on the full, like the, the regular sorcerer wizard spell list. It's just you got it as kind of a bonus based on your bloodline. So it was kind of like a free extra spell that kind of fit a theme. However, for most of your spells... Um, you basically just have two charts. You have number of spells you can cast per day divided up by level. So, for example, at level 10, you cast three level 5 spells, uh, five level 4 spells, and then six level 3, 2, and 1 spells, and unlimited cantrips. Um, and that was it. That That's all you had, and your ability to cast spells reset at the beginning of every, every day after a full night's sleep. Um, so... For example, at 10th level, you would know one level 5 spell, two level 4 spells, three level 3 spells, etc., etc., and you just chose those off the master list, and that's it. There's there's nothing else to worry about. You just, bam, you just have your spells, you cast them per day, and that's the end of the story. Right, and in 2E, it's, I would argue, even simpler than that. Instead of two charts, you have one chart to tell you how many spells you have, which this is how it is for every class in 2E now that has spells. It's your spell repertoire, which is, for spontaneous casters, very simple. You have a number at each level, and it tells you how many spell slots you have and how many spells you have. So at level one, Sorcerer start with three spells. That means three spell slots and three spells in their repertoire that they can that right they and that and that really hasn't changed that part as far as the regular spell pool what has changed though is um like where those spells are because in the original sorcerer all those spells you chose all of them from the single master list and that was it also it's worth noting in 1e sorcerer could only draw from the arcane list there was no choice there you just pick your spells from the uh, Sorcerer Wizard list, and that was it. Right. And the change I was getting at with this is that there is one number for that. There is not... You have it. You don't have a different number for how many spells you know and how many spells per day you can cast anymore. They are the same number now. And Sorcerer, like I mentioned earlier, is one of the two classes that can choose any spell list they want to cast from. At level one, the spell list you cast from is tied to your bloodline which bloodlines have carried over from 1E. Um, so, for example, the angelic bloodline uses the divine list, and the draconic bloodline uses the arcane list. And like in 1E, you have granted spells for your bloodline, but you also have bloodline spells, which are focus spells. So your granted spells are from the regular, from the regular spell list. If you're draconic, for example... You get Shield as your cantrip and True Strike as your first level spell. Those are you have to take those as as a sorcerer. You just have to take the granted spells, and you also get free Bloodline spells, which are focus spells. For example, Draconics is Dragon Claws, which no other class can take. It is and no other Bloodline can take. It is specific to this Bloodline. Uh, right, and the way that, and um, 
whereas in your in one e all your and two e your regular spells which in one e was all your spells uh recharge at the end of the day after with a full night's rest however focus spells uh work a bit different yeah so focus spells they do not recharge well they do recharge at the end of a night's rest but you can also take a new 10 minute action called refocus to get all of your focus uh points back and each focus spell regardless of focus spell level costs just one focus point to cast so the max amount of focus points any given character can have is three but you start with one so you get one focus spell at level one and then you have to 10 minute refocus now what this effectively does uh as far as changes in uh uh the the sorcerer's ability and effectiveness is combat is a little bit of pacing so one e sorcerers um over the course of the day you might run out of spells and that's going to be a problem but in a single instance of combat you're probably never going to run out of spells because all your spells just recharge at the end of the day and you have access to all of them all the time. However, in 2E, the Sorcerer is a little bit better when over the course of the day because after each combat encounter, they can take that 10-minute rest. However, during the combat encounter, they're a little bit more limited because only some of their spells fall into that 10-minute rest uh, period. And that 10-minute, those spells that fall into that are from a much more limited list than the ones that that are, you know, recharged at the end of the day. So it's kind of a, a bit of a trade-off. That's true. And I would also like to point out that cantrips are much more relevant in 2E than they were in 1E. In 2E, they're actually useful. You're not just going to use them when you've run out of your regular spells. You'll leave them in between your regular spells in 2E because they scale with your level. Right. In 1E, uh, for most of the cantrips, and there are some exceptions, but for most of them, if you really want to get use out of them, you got to be a little bit creative. you got to be pretty creative to figure out how to make them useful. Whereas in 2E, most of the cantrips, I'd say at least 60%, are just you're always going to have a use for them without really having to put a whole lot of effort into figuring out how. And that's not to say there aren't useless cantrips in 2e, because of course there's always there's just useless less. cantrips. Exactly. Most of the damaging ones actually do something now. Right. So, um, I'm still not uh, sure which one I like better, the 1e sorcerer or the 2e sorcerer. Um, I, I, I'm undecided on that. There's, there's some things to like and dislike about both. Um, but, uh, that's something I'll have to find out through uh, more playtime. Um, I would like to point out, finally, that there is something called blood magic. I don't remember if this carries over from 1E or not, but each bloodline in 2E has a specific effect that you you get. You get a buff every time you cast either one of your granted spells or bloodline spells. So, for uh, example, so there... Draconics gives you uh, plus one status bonus to AC for one round. Uh, so there are similar things in 1E, but it's not for all sorcerers. you got to build a sorcerer that does something similar. And certain sorcerer bloodlines and archetypes uh, have different um, things like that. For example, there's a bloodline for sorcerers that lets you, um, in, in 1E, that lets you change any energy spell, like if it's fire or whatever, to... Um, 
the lightning type, the Jenny bloodline in 1E lets you do that. So there are some somewhat similar things, but it's not just a, a blanket thing like it is in 2E. In 1E, you have to build a sorcerer that specifically does that. Right. And for my final judgment, I would say that I prefer 2E sorcerer just because I, I like the changes that they've done to make each of the bloodlines actually feel distinct. Um, yeah, that, that is something. They, they do have a lot more um, integration in, in that respect, and that's going to be a continuing theme. Um, let's move on to Wizard. Now, uh, the 1E Wizard is not too different from the 1E Sorcerer. Um, so basically, the difference between the 1E Wizard and the 1E Sorcerer, first off, obviously, a Wizard is a pre pre prepared caster as, for, as opposed to spontaneous. So at the beginning of the day, the wizard looks at his spell list and chooses which spells from the list to prepare. As a result, compared to the sorcerer, the wizard knows a greater variety of spells, but can't cast them whenever he feels like he has to prepare the specific spells he wants to cast that day in advance. Um, and real and uh, there's a bit of a difference with which ability um, you use for casting. Um, but other than that, there's not a whole lot of um, difference. Um, you're right. That, I mean, that's that's basically the whole the whole thing. And two e the wizard is no longer the prepared counterpart to the sorcerer. That now falls with which wizard is completely different from sorcerer and two e. They are not related whatsoever. Um, Wizard is more focused on its schools slightly more. Um, so, for example, you don't have to take, same as in 1E, you don't have to take only divination spells if you're a divination wizard, but you get an extra spell slot of a divination spell and, and whatnot. What is really interesting about 2E Wizard, and I haven't played enough Wizard in 1E to know if this carries over, is the Arcane Thesis, which you can choose one of as of right now, one, two, three, four, five DCs, that gives you a special um, uniqueness to your to your wizard. So, for example, one of them is improved familiar attunement, which means you're basically you focused on having a really cool familiar, so you get um, a better familiar. Another is meta magic, so you can weave meta magic into your spells. And wizard is only arcane, so. It, it's and that, that it's hasn't not changed. like sorcerer right um now what I, i'm gonna i'm gonna answer something you said there um that is that first thing the thesis thing um that isn't a carryover from the 1e wizard because the 1e wizard could kind of just you could just choose to do that because as part of your bonus feats you could pick meta magic feats or feats that would do that. For example, every ability you you listed as an example, you could choose that as a bonus feat. Improved familiar was a bonus feat. All the meta magic you could choose as bonus feats. So the wizard could kind of just do that without having to choose a thesis. So you just got to kind of I would just just choose feats and do whatever you wanted. So it was a little bit more free in that um, regard. So I, I'd say that point definitely goes to one e wizard for. Um, Give having a little bit more choice and option when you're actually building him out and leveling up. Well, uh, let me clarify. Uh, it's not like you have to take a certain thing. It's 
every wizard chooses an arcane thesis. So it's right, not right. Like but it's you choose an arcane thesis, and then that thesis provides you with abilities. Whereas in one E, the wizard just chose whatever abilities. He didn't have to choose them from a list he had chosen ahead of time. That's that's what I'm getting at. Oh no, it only gives you one ability. Yeah, for, yeah. For thesis. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of like a feat. It's it's um, it's like a feat, but you can't choose any feat anymore. You have to choose from this, the, these list of theses. Right, and that's a symptom of the new feat system. You can't just choose any right, feat yeah. on anyone so anymore. So I'm still going to give that point to one wizard because it does afford you more choice. Um, now, one thing, I don't know if the 2e wizard can do this, so you're going to have to help me out here. Um, the 1e wizard um, could choose either a familiar or a bonded object, and what that allowed him to do, and this is um, something similar to the, this is about the arcane school thing, so once he chose a school, his um, familiar or his bonded object would allow him, uh, I think it's once a day, yes, once per day, he could cast any spell in his spell book. He has the ability to cast, even if the spell is not prepared, however, using his bonded object or familiar. However, that spell can't be modified by metamagic feats, and the bonded object or familiar can't be used to cast spells from a school of magic that's oppos opposite to his chosen school of magic. Um, the arcane school you choose also gives you some additional spells, but um, it doesn't prevent you from um, um, doing that. Uh, you could also choose to be a specialist um, in the school, uh, which was like a, an additional thing you could do, and it would make you better at the sp spells from that school, but you'd take a minus four penalty to doing certain things involving opposing schools. And there was even a type of wizard called a universalist wizard where um, you didn't choose a school and you could do any spells, but you didn't get any of the bonuses either. So it gave you really a lot of options um, as far as everything goes. Yes, the schools is, is still the same. It's not the exact stats that you get the, the same exact um, penalties and and um, bonuses, but you, you still do get penalties and bonuses, and there is still the universalist option. Um, the spell thing you were talking about, if I understand you correctly, I think is one of the theses in 2e. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe you're right. Um, also, I'm going to ask you this because I haven't actually looked at the 2e wizard that much. Um, does he use any of these other kind of spells, like other than um, cantrips? Does he do any focus spells? or? Um, so, as far as I'm aware, all classes have access to focus spells. Most of them get at least one for free. And... I think Wizard, I could be wrong, but I think Wizard needs to take feats to get focus spells into it. Okay, so I, I'm asking because it seems like of all the casters, Wizard may have changed the least. Um, yeah, Wizard is very reminiscent of 1e Wizard. Um, I think Wizard in general is just a very simple class. Well, I mean, that's that's a class people have loved for a long time because it gives you a ton of versatility with magic. And um, they are really great late game characters just because they become this uh, thing that can do almost anything. 
So I, I don't see why they would change it that much. I mean, it's one of the classes that really was fine how it was and didn't need a whole lot of change. Ah, uh, there is um, free focus spells for Wizard and 2E. It goes with the school you choose. Each school has a specific focus spell. Um, I'm going to say, as far as judging them, I'm 100% on uh, think I like the 1E Wizard a tad bit more. I don't think it's a giant difference. I think it's just a little bit. And it's only because, as I mentioned earlier, um, you do get a little bit more choice and uh, options during character creation and level up. And for that reason, I'm going to have to side with 1E Wizard. I think I'm going to be net neutral on this one because you do get more option leveling up in 1E, but you get more more choices in uh, level like first character creation in 2E. Right, and and I like and I, I almost would go neutral. I'm just a tiny bit leaning to one E wizard. Um, let's move on to cleric. Um, in one E, the cleric was what everyone imagines him is. He is the divine counterpart to wizard. He works very similar. Um, he has a couple things that are different from wizard, and that's what I'm going to focus on. First off, because he's casting divine magic, and in one E. Uh, divine magic, unlike arcane magic, is not subject to um, uh, armor penalty, uh, armor check penalty. So um, the cleric in one e uh, is actually gets a, a medium armor and shield proficiency, which is very different from the wizard who does not get that because using any armor would hinder his ability to cast. Um, the uh, like just like the wizard draws their spells from the um, wizard spell, the wizard sorcerer spell list, the arcane list, as it were. The cleric draws their spells from the divine list. Um, just like the wizard, they prepare their spells in advance. Um, however, and uh, unlike um, the wizard, because the cleric draws their ability from the gods and their beliefs, um, their alignment may restrict them from casting certain spells, uh, because some spells on the uh, divine list will have alignment restrictions. Um they also get Horizons, which was just the fancy nickname for um, uh, cantrips for Divine Magic. Um, and they got a Channel Energy ability, which allowed them to channel, depending on your alignment, either positive or negative energy, um, which I was just you got to use positive or negative energy. And then you also would get to pick a Domain. Um, you choose two Domains, and they had to belong to whatever deity... Um, you would pick, and those domains would come with some like bonus powers, just like the uh, bloodline for sorcerer or sorcerer does. So you would get um, a couple bonus spells relating to that, and then you'd get um, sometimes you get a weapon proficiency from it, uh, that type of thing. But other than that, it's very similar to wizard. And the one e wizard and cleric are very similar in in a lot of ways. Two e. Wizard and Cleric are also pretty similar. Cleric and 2E is still a prepared Divine Caster. Instead of channeling either positive or negative energy, they just get a bunch of free heal or harm spells. Which is essentially the same thing. Yeah, which is essentially the same thing, except, you know, I, I'm pretty sure heal and harm are in every spell list, so everyone can, can choose them, and they just get a bunch of free ones. Um... Yeah, and that was not the case in 1E. Um, some of those, uh, both those, I think, were exclusive 
to the um, uh, the divines casters. And in in two E, cleric is actually very well. You have the option for cleric to be a lot more uh, martial focused. There's two doctrines. There's the cloistered cleric and the war priest. And the war priest is it, it, it's very like half castery where yes there's a lot of healing and spells and, and team support but you can also you're not irrelevant in martial combat and, and i want to point out here if you don't mind me interjecting um war priest in 1e was its own unique class and it was a one of the hybrid classic and it classes and it was a hybrid of cleric and a fighter so they've kind of done the same thing they did with the champion class in 2e where they uh, incorporated some other classes and kind of bound them together. And they've kind of done that in 2E with Cleric by bringing War Priest into the fold. Right. And Cloistered Cleric, it, the, the other one is your your regular run-of-the-mill Cleric. Right. And it also gets um, specific spells and abilities, whatnot, um, depending on which deity they choose. Um. As far as uh, my analysis, again, Cleric, uh, other than bringing Warpriest into the fold, I don't think has changed a whole lot from 1E. Um, I would put these at a draw. They seem almost identical. Um, although, um, I will say that the um, Cleric did get a feat called uh, Spontaneous Casting, where they could, um, uh, they could cast a couple of healing spells that they didn't have prepared, kind of like a sorcerer, and just lose a prepared spell slot in exchange for it, which I don't know if they can still do or not. That may be a feat in 2e. I haven't looked. Whereas too much that's into just all of the an feats. inherent ability of this of the cleric and 1e. Um, that does still go. That uh, that's kind of been coalesced into the. Um, the new healing and harmful font though where you just get a bunch of free heal and harm spells yeah it, it kind of has been just brought in so uh, I, I i'd put these at a straight tie i would slightly favor the 2e cleric but solely because i like what the the change to the to the deity abilities in 2e um yeah, they may have. I think they did incorporate that a little bit better because it was almost irrelevant in 1E because in 1E it was generally just a weapon proficiency and maybe one other thing, and that was kind of it. So they may have incorporated that a little bit better, but I don't think that's a big enough difference to really give the, in my opinion, the 2E uh, cleric a uh, an edge. Oh, and I would also like to point out that all classes, um, all casters now in 2E... There, there's not like a specific penalty to to armor. You can use whatever you're proficient with, and if you use higher than that, then you get um, the penalties start to come in. But there's no like specific penalty depending on what type of spell list you use anymore. It's just what your class is proficient with. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on to Oracle. Now, of all the classes that are in both 1E and 2E currently, I think this one has changed the most. Uh, this one is almost a completely different thing now. Um, in 1E, Oracle was essentially the divine counterpart to Sorcerer. Um, 
And in some ways, it's kind of um, that role has kind of been taken by Sorcerer in 2E because a 2E Sorcerer can choose to be a Divine Caster. So in 1E, the Oracle was essentially the same as a Sorcerer, except for instead of choosing a Bloodline, you would choose a Mystery and a Curse. Uh, the Mystery would give you uh, some of the same type of stuff that the um, Bloodline would give you, and the Curse was a uh, penalty you would get as well. And um, the complaint a lot of people had about Oracle, and why I think was one of the reasons they changed it so much, is that the curses and the um, miss the curses, especially the mysteries, to a lesser extent, um, almost seemed irrelevant depending on which ones you picked. It was almost like it, it didn't affect hardly anything, and it, it seemed like just this kind of side note. Um, sure. But basically, worked the exact same as Sorcerer, but just was a Divine Caster instead of an Arcane Caster. Yeah, and 2E, they, because Sorcerer can now cast any um, any spell list, the, the kind of Divine version of the Sorcerer is just inherent in Sorcerer now, and they went all in on fleshing out the Mysteries, which curses are now tied to Mysteries. Each Mystery has its own specific curse, so you can't just take whatever the least harmful curse is anymore. And the curses are not just pure, like, negative anymore. The curses actually give you benefits now. Right, because they got rid of mystery and just had it as kind of one thing now. Well, no, mysteries are still around. They're just also tied to the curses. Right, it, it's it's been combined into one thing, kind of. Right, each mystery has a curse. Like, for example, the Ancestor's Mystery has the curse of ancestral um, meddling. And unlike in uh, 1E, where um, the mystery just gave you, and the curses didn't really affect your casting specifically, and you just pulled all your spells from the standard cleric list, uh, that is definitely not the case for the 2E Oracle. Well, I would say that's still the case, but they also get focus spells like every other class in 2E. Which are heavily affected by their um, um, curses, I'm sure you're going to explain. Right, so... Um, the focus spells, as you cast your focus spells, well, let me start with what the mysteries do. So the mysteries give you one benefit. Um, they give you a granted cantrip, similar to Sorcerer, some regular standard class things like train skills and whatnot. And then they give you uh, revelation spells, which are focus spells for, for Oracle. And so to... to give you an example the ancestors mystery the benefit is you gain an, an additional ancestry feat at level one which is your your new race and then again at level 11 and so the revelation spells advance your curse so your curse always is at a baseline level so for example ancestors baseline curse is that uh, the ancestral spirits you commune with haunt you and meddle with your belongings and actions, either out of a well-intentioned attempt to assist you as punishment for your audacity in circumventing the traditional means of achieving divine power for their own amusement or a mixture of the above. Your hair, clothing, and belongings constantly shift and stir seemingly of their own volition. So it's like a really mundane kind of like the the one E curses where they don't really do anything. In most situations, like occasionally they'll add some some role play, but 
that's about it. But they advance to minor, moderate, and then major curse, which gives you negatives and positives along with them. So it's kind of like designed min-maxing. Right, so, and, and to, to make this clear, um, uh, you advance your curse by casting your focus spells. Right. Every time you cast a focus spell, your curse will get advanced. So the first time, you, your curse becomes a minor curse. Uh, and can you time, give us an example of... Because uh, you gave us the example of the minor curse for... Um, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, Ancestry? Ancestors. Can you, yeah, can you give us an example of the major curse? So that wasn't the minor, that was the, the baseline. So, the yeah, so baseline give us an example of the minor, so what you uh, start at and at the major. So, <laughs> I'm not going to do Ancestors, because that one's kind of hard to explain. I'll do um, an easy one to explain, Flames. Uh, so Flames, the, the baseline is you see fire everywhere. It, it's like a hallucination. The minor curse is you become concealed to creatures, or creatures further than 30 feet from you become concealed, which means you have to pass a flat um, d20 check. I think it's you have to roll a 3 to pass it. Um, and then if you cast a focus spell for the second time, it will advance to the moderate curse, which means everything beyond 30 feet is hidden from you. And... you automatically succeed that flat check when you're casting a fire spell. So it's negated when you're casting um, spells that you're usually given with your with your subclass of flames. And then the major curse is that an aura of fire surrounds you in a 10-foot emanation, dealing 46 fire damage to everything around you, but you also lose 1d6 hit points at the e end of each round. Um, so that is a huge change already. Um, as far as more like um, technical changes, um, the uh, 2e oracle gets a little bit less spells um, than the 1e oracle, but they're more powerful. So you kind of turn from this uh, from the 1e oracle, which is really just the sorcerer where you're a DPS class, to... Uh, more of a pinch hitter class, as I call it, where you're not dealing damage as much, but you're dealing more damage in more critical situations when you are dealing damage. So it's it's really completely changed the Oracle into an entirely new thing. Well, I would argue that, um, and this is, I would say, one of the benefits of the new Oracle, is that depending on your mystery, you could be a different type of damage dealer. For example, the Life Oracle isn't a damage dealer at all. It's like the best healer in the game. But the Flames Oracle is like the best pinch hitter in the game. The Bones Oracle, uh, it just doesn't die. So you can do a bunch of different things depending on your mystery. Now, as far as, it, it's almost not worth comparing this to the 1E Oracle. Um, and and I, I, when I played 1E, and I played a lot of Pathfinder 1st Edition, um, Oracle was one of, if not the, favorite class of mine. Period. I loved playing it. I had a great fun. Tengu Oracle is my general go-to for 1E. Um, and I loved playing it. I hate playing the 2E Oracle. And that's not because the 2E Oracle is bad. It's because it's an entirely different thing. And it's not the type of class I like playing anymore. So for me now, I, it, it almost for me, it'd almost be more beneficial to compare the 1E Oracle to the 2E Sorcerer casting Divine Spells. That's that's how different it is. 
But what, what they've essentially done is Oracle has gone from just the divine sorcerer to its own entirely new thing that hasn't existed before. Right, but it's heavily influenced by the one E Oracle with the with the mysteries. It's just well, what they very did much is very fleshed out and and changed so much because they don't want it to overlap with the new sorcerer. And and the I think one of the big reasons they did this is because a big complaint for the one E Oracle is that the um, curses felt almost irrelevant and didn't really tie that much into the character or the cl- the class. Whereas now the curse is almost the base for the entire way the class plays. Right. So, and, and that's a huge difference. So I may not be playing a lot of 2E Oracle, but um, it is a good class. It's just not my type of thing. But I almost feel like it's not worth comparing to the 1E Oracle because it's kind of a new thing. Yeah, they're, they're two completely different classes. Yeah, because the, the 1E Oracle, its place was, it was the divine counterpart to Sorcerer. That's it. That was the whole thing. The Mystery and Curse was just an extra little bit of flavor, a little seasoning on top. The 2E Oracles is its, its, its own unique class that has no comparison. I, I can't even think of a comparison in a different system. And if I didn't uh, make it clear earlier, Oracle and 2E is still a spontaneous Divine Caster. Yes, that, that is the one thing that stayed the same. <laughs> <laughs> um... um Actually, I do have a question for you. Do you. I don't know if you have access to this on the spot here, and I'm sorry if I am putting you on the spot. Uh, armor proficiency. What's the deal with that for the new Oracle? Armor proficiency. Well, it changes. So there's a mystery called the Battle Mystery, which makes you uh, more of a martial class. I mean, you're still a spellcaster, but it's kind of like War Priest Cleric. Um, and so they get medium armor proficiency. All of the others, I believe... Oh, actually, Battle is trained in heavy armor. And I believe all of the others just get light armor. Okay, that's interesting, because in 1E, the Oracle gets... All Oracles get light and medium. And then I believe there's an archetype that can get you heavy. Um, well, so our... Archetypes don't exist in two, right? And they, they, they don't. Do, so that's but com- in a completely different format. Yeah. So it's not it's not really um, comparable. But um, yeah, it, it's just I, I find that a little interesting. Um, so I, I think we've we've covered uh, the four big casters from one E and how they've changed into two E. Um, uh, you guys seem to be enjoying this uh, series. Everyone seems to be liking it. So uh, we're going to keep it up. Uh, In next episode, we're going to be doing um, some more casters, but some of the more unique casters and how they've changed from 1E to 2E. Uh, Again, if you want to check us out, um, I'm running a homebrew campaign on uh, Twitch. Uh, I'm game mastering. Uh, Byte is playing uh, along with one other person. And uh, it's completely homebrew in 2E. I've written the whole storyline. you know, they're, they're, we're into going into our third episode. If you missed the episode, uh, with the exception of the second episode that was lost uh, by the following Tuesday after the stream uh, is live, uh, we will upload it onto YouTube and you can watch it there. Again, both those links will be included in the uh, description uh, in this episode of the podcast. Um, I'm also going to be linking a, uh, a way to contact us uh, on our home side of Anchor. They give you the ability to leave us a voice message. 
Um, we do try to listen to the voice messages if they come in. If you ask a good question, we'll respond to it. If you ask a great question or have a great comment, we might even play the audio from your comment on a on an episode so you could hear your voice on our podcast. Uh, until next time, this has been Homebrew Portal.